Welcome to the 272nd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on February 16, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's been spending long hours down in the salt mines, Carlos Rodella. I don't know if I'm in the salt mines, though. Am I? I don't know. I think you're in the salt mines, toiling away, sweating, working hard. It's dark. It's dirty. You got that pickaxe. Working, baby. And I'm finding, like, bonus and power-ups and stuff in the mines, right? Because it's a video <laughs> game as well. You got to watch out for the toxic items, though. There's a, some down there that are not good for you. There's a lot of bats. I hate those bats. Many bats. Bats and birds in video games, by the way, the worst. The worst. Uh, no, what you're alluding to is that I'm gone, I've am gone. i gone back to work. You have. And uh, it's, you know, it's a thing. You, 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 I kind of understand immediately, or re-understand, because I used to work, uh, how you always say that you have 34 seconds in a day. Um, yeah, my brain has like no seconds for processing power at this point. But when I'm, you are when you are working, man, your time fills up quick. It really does, and I love it though. Like it's it's a great team. It's really uh, I think we've talked about it before enough. I ever actually fully said it, but I'm uh, officially working at Pocket Gems, uh, mobile game developer, uh, publisher. They're amazing, uh, great people, and I'm working on a title called War Dragons, which is a strategy dragon game where you breed dragons. You have riders. There's a little bit of RPG mechanics, and you can level up the characters and stuff. Um, I really love playing the game, and I knew that like before, you know, I got hired. Yeah. Um, and so now it's just kind of getting up, caught up to speed and slowly being introduced to the community, which will happen, I think, next week. So pretty excited. But awesome. yes, it's it's a job, and you're like, oh, right. My brain is sizzled now at the end of the day. I feel you, bro. I know exactly what that feels like every single day. So welcome to the world of The Walking Dead, and we will just slowly <laughs> nice. trudge through this podcast. One footstep at a time, worn and weary. Okay, and yeah, and by by the way, this is the only time this has happened in two years, probably, or three years. How long have we been doing this show for? But I have literally zero notes. Zero notes? I, nothing for housekeeping? Nothing there? Nothing. I mean, I, uh, spoiler, you're about to do the housekeeping spiel. But yeah, I have. No, but it's all in my head, and I could do a podcast. But, you know, behind the curtain, as you like to say, I got nothing. Carlos is running on empty, folks. <laughs> he nothing in the tank. Nothing's in my tank. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just keep it uh, nice and tidy today. I mean, I've definitely got a number of things that I can do in in the real world in terms of work and stuff. So we'll we'll get a show banged out here, and then we'll get you acclimated back to putting in the nine to five, and then we'll uh, we'll find a good rhythm. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. Let's we'll let's, do it. Let's get to the house, and I'll show you that I have no boxes. All right. So as everybody knows, Carlos and I share a virtual living space, giant house divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape on Carlos's side this week. Yeah, they got nothing. Literally it's, nothing. I'm a Brad Galloway today. Like, <laughs> there's a sock over here. I don't know what that that's doing here, but oh man, that's crusty. Get that out of here. Yeah, and that Gross. the pizza, the pizza that I told you to get rid of, it's still here. That's from like eight weeks ago, bro. You've got to throw that out. I know. So, no, I have nothing. Uh, normally, I actually watch a great show, and this will be my housekeeping, is go everybody go watch Skill Up on YouTube. Skill Up does amazing uh, weekly recaps of, like, everything that happened in video games. 
so I normally watch that and kind of you know get some information from him him as well. So I didn't get to watch it. I suggest everybody go watch it. I'm looking it up right now to make sure I get the name of it right. Um, yeah, it's the where is it? Oh yeah, it's called um, This Week in Video Games, and there the, we go. the cha- YouTube channel is Skill Up. Two words. Uh, so go go check that out for your weekly update of what's going into housekeeping because I got nothing. Excellent. All right. Well, I'll just take a minute to do a quick TV roundup then since that's really the only thing I do other than video games these days. Oh, okay. Uh, just a quick minute to say um, iZombie, one of my favorite shows of all time, but I never finished it. My family went back to watch it all. I believe it's on Netflix. I think the whole series is on Netflix right now, five seasons. And I got to say, I'm in the very last three or four episodes of the final season and the writers have done something so incredibly stupid that I'm just really having a hard time dealing with it because the show has been perfect. It's like literally one of my favorite shows. Great cast, great writing, super fun. Uh, Really loved it. And just for whatever reason, I don't know if they were trying to like rush something because they knew it was their final season or maybe they just had a really bad idea that they couldn't let go. I'm not going to spoil it here, Uh, but man, they did something that was so boneheaded that I just, the wife and I are just staring at each other going, oh, my God. We're like, we've got like four episodes to go. Couldn't they have just stayed the course and kept everything cool? Like, oh, man, I'm holding my breath. Hopefully it's going to end well. I don't mm. know. We'll see. Uh, also, we're about three quarters of the way through All of Us Are Dead on Netflix. That is a good ass zombie show, man. That is a good one. I know it's probably too heavy for you right now, but this is the one with the Korean uh, high school kids and the whole area of that part of korea gets taken over by zombies and there's like survivors i mean you know it's not revolutionary it's a lot of the the zombie tropes are there but there's a few interesting spins but like overall great performances like we love the cast like we really like have our favorites in the cast and like whenever somebody dies we're like no not that guy i love that guy or you know you get that whole feeling feeling involved and attached man it's a good feeling when you're watching a show right so it is but that beginning i did watch like the very beginning of the first episode just to see Uh Uh-huh. And what a rough beginning! Like that's what they chose to pick. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna like I'm gonna harp on it for a minute. I don't even remember what was what was the, the beginning, beginning. Is just some nerdy kid getting beat up. Like, oh yeah, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. really bad. And I'm like, who who would do this anyhow? Like minus it being a zombie movie. Like they're like beating the crap out of someone to like kill him. Like yeah, and the he, bullying. The yeah, bullying, they're bullying. Yes. And I'm like, that's the worst way to start anything. And then they, you know, spoiler. Well, I won't spoil it. Something crazy happens there, and I think that's the beginning of, you know, the zombie movie. Yeah. But I didn't like that beginning at all, and I was like, nope, I'm noping out. <laughs> I gave it a chance. They're doing bullying. I'm out. It is It is some fucking next-level bullying. It's pretty hardcore bullying. It's pretty rough to watch, but that actually does play into a lot of what happens, and that's one of the interesting spins. I'm not going to spoil anything here, but... They do do one thing that I think is pretty different from most zombie fiction, and it has to do with, I mean, bullying. I'm going to keep it vague. I don't want to spoil anything, but it is interesting. It it does really play a factor, and it there is an important reason why they do start the show like that. You don't realize it until later, but mm. they get around to it. So I, I agree with you, though. That it was pretty gut-wrenching to watch that. But Yeah, and if you don't know that it's coming back, you know, like that concept. Exactly. It just looks really It just rough, looks really so, bad, yeah. yeah. All right, so there's that. Um, we're gonna watch Peacemaker, loving Peacemaker. Yeah, Peacemaker just last got episode. re-upped for yeah, last episode, and they got re-upped for season two. Sweet. So looking forward to that. And then finally, we started a new one last night called Chewing Gum. It's on HBO. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, I think I watched it back in the day. I love how you come to. Oh, that's what's great about shows online. You can just come to stuff when it's like already done, and you can binge watch it. 
Oh um, my god! Oh, I speak, think there's okay, two wait. seasons, isn't there? I don't know. We just watched it yesterday. Okay, hold on. Uh, I don't know how old it is or what it's from. I really Which like one? it, and I like the director. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's from. Well, okay. Tangent on this tangent. You said you can find old shows and all that stuff, right? I don't know if I ever told you this. You know the comedian Zach Anner. He's in a wheelchair. He's got, I think, cerebral palsy. He does a lot of um, comedy that like plays off of his disabilities. But it's like really, it's like really funny, and he's like a really positive guy. Hmm. You ever seen him? I haven't. No. Oh my god, I love Zach Anner. He's so funny. Um, so we were we were scanning around on iTunes or something, and we saw him doing a show, and it was like Zach takes takes L.A. or something like that. And he in his wheelchair were, were doing all these things in L.A. He like went to a burger shop and they made a milkshake that was named after him. He went and did dancing with some people who were like Broadway style dancers, and they did a, they designed a skit for him in his wheelchair. I mean, it was like really cool, right? So like I texted him, or I didn't text him. We're not text, we're not text buddies, but like I I tweeted him, and I'm like, oh hey Zach, man. I caught your show and I saw you um, with your your milkshake. We're totally going to get that the next time we go to L.A. And he's like, what the fuck? That was like nine years ago. That restaurant's out of business, bro. Oh, nice. <laughs> and he's like, how did you even find that? I'm like, it's on iTunes, my friend. So anyway, yes, once something is online, it's there forever. You don't know when or where it's from. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway. yeah, I, I saw this when it first came out. There's two seasons. Chewing gum. Chewing gum. Yeah, chewing gum. I saw the first season, and I didn't watch the second season, so by you reminding me, uh, I can go back now and watch the second season. Oh, my goodness. It is about a girl who grows up in a highly religious family, and she is so, <laughs> she is so repressed and so horny that when she gets horny, she gets a nosebleed. So she tries to like break out of this religious shell and to like try to find romance and try to like realize who she is. Um, it's just really funny. It's really raw and honest, but like way over the top. It's just like we were laughing. Like it was so great. And uh, it's from the, I don't know if it's from the BBC or something from yeah, the UK. Yeah, it's in the so UK. All, yeah. Yeah. They're all got like, the English accent. So that's a little bit of a challenge, but good show. Really digging it. And we're going to come back for more. So Chewing Gum, I believe it's on HBO. Real quick asterisk on that. Uh, it's Michaela is the actress and she's in a lot of things. Um, is she? Yeah. And she was in this movie that's pretty dark, uh, but also she always makes things kind of unique and weird and quirky and funny um so i think there's a little bit of that in this movie as well but oh, it's called man. i may destroy you and it's on hbo oh i heard about that i haven't yeah. seen it but yeah uh, I, I think it's yeah. actually a series too it's not even just a movie awesome i'll yeah. have to look it up now but man when she i'm not gonna spoil it but when she finally has her first like encounter with a guy like her first ever oh my god we were rolling it was so Funny. She can was, sell all that. She's so. Oh funny. man, she goes. Yeah. She goes all in, dude. I yeah. love that performance. All, okay, all right. Enough bullshit. Let's talk about some games. Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. What? You got to talk what? about a bunch of shows. I just want to say one thing real quick. You about said shows. you didn't have any housekeeping. I don't, but you just said shows, and I know shows. Okay, well, give just, us one. One show is, and just to remind you, and I'm sure you're watching it, but Disenchantment has that new season out. Oh, I know. We're gonna start it any time. We're waiting um, for our schedule to clear up. Yes. When I told you about that, I forgot that I didn't finish season three, which is crazy. Aren't they up to season five now? No, it's four. It's, I think four, it's part okay. four, yeah. So anyways, the point is, I went into three, and I'm like, every time I watch one, I kind of watch it to, to unwind at night. Yeah. It is really good. Like It's it, ex- exceptionally it's good. It's like what they're doing is they're taking moments of Simpsons, but it's not all those jokes. It's like you'll get a joke like that, and then it hits you even harder because it's mixed in with not that. Does that make sense? Yeah, they do jokes, but they also do have some character moments. I mean, it builds as the seasons go on, of course. But like, yeah, I mean, I like it better than The Simpsons. I like it better than Futurama. Like it's that blend of comedy, slapstick comedy, 
like uh, dark, dark humor, but also like like character growing moments. Like right. It's really good. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what it is. It's in my opinion, it is also better than Futurama because it is this huge story arc across the season. It's these small little moments that are actually like sad. You know, or like you can have actual like heartfelt moments in it. For sure. For and sure. then you can have wacky stuff. Like there's a talking cat right now and he he he's such a funny voice. He's from like the Simpsons back in the day, you know, like one of the voices they had. Yeah. A yeah. character actor. And it's so funny and so dark at the same time. I like laughed out like a Homer Simpsons moment the other night. But then it went right back into something real. So I can't stress it enough. People go back and watch this enchantment. Disenchantment is great. It is absolutely yeah. great. Okay. All right, games. Games. Let's talk about games. All right, here we go. Carlos, we're going to start off with you this week for a game called Infernax. Now, I have not played this, but I did edit the review. It was done by uh, Darren Foreman uh, over at Game Critics. Love Darren. Wonderful guy. Great writer. Uh, so this is basically like a 2D homage to Castlevania 2. And I guess it's just been everything's been upped. Like the the humor has been upped, the gore has been upped. I've been hearing it's really great. I believe it's on Game Pass, but I haven't cracked into it. Uh, but luckily, you are here this week to tell us all about Infernax. I well, let's put an asterisk next to all about. Um, you are here to talk briefly about Infernax. <laughs> there you go. I like that better. Uh, I played it for one sitting, so I don't feel like I have any sort of. So you finished uh, it? Yeah, I finished it in one sitting. Yeah, I'm there really good go. at games. Uh, if you didn't heard, I'm really good at them. No, <laughs> one no, no. credit Carlos. That's what they call you. Yes. Uh, no one says that. Um, so I, I think it's like, I have a love hate relationship with it. I'll just like spoil the beginning and say the only hate part is the fact that it's old school graphics that you and I have talked about on the show much, um, that, you know, we just are kind of maybe over them. Like, like NES plus graphics, right? NES, like slightly better than NES. Straight right? up almost yeah. just straight yeah. up NES. Like it's a Castlevania game, right? Now, the only difference in graphics is when it goes to cutscenes, which it does. And I'll explain what the game, how it plays here in a minute. But in the cutscenes, it's like illustrations, like cartoons. And they can be intense and totally not 8-bit or 16-bit at all, right? They're like just drawings. Um, and I feel like a lot of NES games back in the day, even the cutscenes were pixely, right? So these are like really much more detailed. And like you said, it can get gory as hell. And I don't even know why. I guess the developer just really wanted to be super gory. Um, so what this game is, it's pretty much like a left to right or right to left Castlevania style game. You got like a little, you know, mace type thing. You're hitting monsters. They're dropping gold coins and dying and etc. It's a Castlevania. But there's a couple of key differences. One, like I said before, sometimes you hit enemies. They might go to a cutscene of showing like some, you know, cartoony, you know, graphic and it's really gross. Like an example is I smashed this one person and, and after I killed him in the pixel version, it cut to the, you know, cut scene. And it's like this really highly detailed mace that you that you swing around and it's smashing him in the face and his eyeballs flying out and his mouth, you know, breaking apart. Oh, like I've, I've seen intense. some of those pictures. It's it's pretty surprisingly gory. Surprisingly for I don't know what the reason is, but I guess they just really like that. Um, and here's the other interesting part to it is that you know early early on and this is a spoiler okay this is a minor spoiler cut cut go, go ahead for two minutes jump ahead two minutes if you don't want to be spoiled. there's a couple like choices which i love which they don't usually do in these kind of games which is like you know make this choice and then live with it and that in in inside a kind of a platformer game 
So in the beginning, you see this guy, and he, he comes up to you, and he's a little cutscene, and he goes, kill me. And he's, like, turning into a zombie. And it says, kill him or help him. And, of course, you know, me. I go, help him. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I try to help him, he goes, you idiot. And he's like, you can't help me. And he turns into a huge monster, and it's a boss. <laughs> and it's in the beginning of the game. Did you go back and see what would happen if you well, said you ha- kill him? I had to go back because I died. Uh, so what happens is I try to fight him as best I could. I died. Then I went and it just reset you, you know, and there was no save point before that. So I went back and yeah, of course I killed him because, you know, I didn't want to fight that boss. I couldn't take out. And when I killed him, it was super gory. And then I was like, <laughs> damn, okay. But he's like, thank you or something. And you killed him. And so that concept, I've only seen it a couple times so far, but I love that concept because that Those really choices sound fun. They sound. Yeah. Fun. Cause I mean, that's a serious game change, right? Like a boss at the beginning of the game, fun. That's really a, a really cool idea. And so then later on, you get to a town, and then you're going on a lot of side missions. And that's where I got a little noping out because at the time I was playing it late at night, and you know, in a 16-bit world or 8-bit world, going on side missions to me isn't super fun. But those choices are really fun. So I feel like if I get to see more of those choices, I'll probably keep playing it. Um, I just don't know if all of them have those kind of moments. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, But what I've saw so far, it's a really cool mix of like old school with some new school concepts. Uh, Definitely some really difficult bosses, but I put it on, I don't know if it's easy mode or something, but there's a mode that gives you more save checkpoints. Yeah. Um, So I didn't feel like I was screwed anytime, you know, like I was like, oh yeah, I just go back to where I was. Um, So yeah, in in your review on the website, it says it, kind of talks like about Simon's Quest, which is Castlevania 2. Yeah, um, yeah. And it does have that feel because that was the one where I was like, oh, this is not just run and gun and, and kill things. It's like go indoors, you know, and, right. and go Talk inside houses. Villagers, yeah, see villagers, search for items and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, so that's definitely like a good comparison. So I think it's really interesting. I don't get why it's so gory. Again, they just are probably really into that. Um, but I don't really fault them for it because it's cartoony. Um, and I, I think it's a, it's a style choice, man, because I, I looked ahead at some of the bosses and like a couple of those bosses straight up have private parts like on their design. Like I looked at oh, this one really? boss and I'm like, dude, that's a vagina. Like what is going on? That's um, weird. So I guess you're going <laughs> to destroy a vagina at some point when you get further on in the game. They're definitely, they're definitely going for a thing right there. I don't know what it is, but they're going for it. Well, I just like the difference in, you know, taking an old school game and giving a different, you know something to it and this is a different something and the bosses are definitely difficult but i never felt like i was like really really screwed i felt like if i made right choices i could do it um and you know i don't want to say souls like but they're pretty tough you know like it's like if you get into one then you're gonna have to to think about it for a while so i I kind of recommend it off of just one playthrough uh just because i like that there's choices in a game like this and those choices, like I said, have actually made some pretty big decisions. So, Right on. Yeah, I mean, uh, everybody I've talked to who has played it has really liked it. Um, everybody's been pretty up on it, which is cool. I mean, I played Castlevania 2 back in the day, so I get. I think I would probably get the references, or I probably would get what they're trying to do. You know, I'm, no, I'm not allergic to gore or blood or anything like that, so that seems like it might be kind of fun if you're in the mood for it. And, you know, uh, when I went over Darren's review, I mean, he had a lot of really good things to say about it. He said that the choices really do have an impact um, you have like a, a good playthrough and a bad playthrough and there are different skills associated with each one. So you can have a pretty different experience both ways. And then, 
there are some other like doodads to find. There's like a secret ending if you want to like bring some more some more playtime out of it. So it seems like a a real good homage to the old school. I mean, and that's kind of for me like the best way to do it, right? It, it feels like it's kind of following in the footsteps of Shovel Knight, where it's like we know what the old games were like. We're going to do them one better, but we're going to kind of keep the style. Yep. Um, and that that's kind of what this seems to like to me based on what I've seen, what we've talked about, what I've heard. So. Seems like I'm definitely going to check it out when I get some time, for sure. And again, if you have Game Pass, there's no reason. It's There you go, no Game brand. Pass. Yeah. For the win. Yep. All right, let me talk for a couple minutes. I got a couple... I got a scattering of games today. First, I'm going to talk about Lacuna. L-A-C-U-N-A. This is on Xbox, but it's also... I believe it's on everything else, I'm pretty sure. This is a 2D pixel-based... Um, I don't know, sci-fi detective game where you play a guy who's... Um, investigating uh, a murder, but there's also like a lot of political stuff going on. You've also got like a kid that you have uh, shared custody of with your ex. And so there's some issues there and you're kind of doing a lot of um, like looking around at stuff. It's a very interesting approach. It's a very kind of mature approach. Um, Very like realistic based in kind of the sense of like, you know, really got to take people's personalities into account. And we got to like, think about the politics of the situation and, and you know, where are the machinations behind the scenes? So it's, it's definitely like a cut above um, your average sci-fi themed game where they really take the writing seriously and they put a lot into it, which is pretty cool. Um, there's a lot of searching for items. You do like a lot of detective work. Like you look at things, you talk to people, um, you have like this little, I don't want to call it detective vision, but that's basically what it is where you go into a separate mode and you'll see items that can be interacted with. So you're like, picking up things, looking at things like you're doing like some, some detecting ass detecting Um, a lot of reading, a lot of like putting clues together and stuff. So I just barely scratched the surface of it. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, Nice graphics, nice tone. If you're in the mood for something that sounds like a detective novel, that's also a 2d, uh, you know, like kind of adventure style game. It's pretty good. The only thing that I didn't care for in Lacuna was that um, the, the environments are not large, right? Like I don't want to, I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill. But every time I get to a new environment, there was no marker as to where I was supposed to go. And like, again, to be fair, the environments are not huge. I would just wander around for like a minute or two and I would find it. But at the same time, it did kind of irritate me where I'm like, I don't want to waste even five seconds. Please just tell me which way I'm going to go. Like, you know, they'd be like, you get to a new screen that you've never seen before. And it's like, go home. Hmm. Okay. I literally don't know where I live. What kind of, am I looking for a house, apartment? A tiny house, a mobile home. What am I looking for? And that's the know. worst in those kind of games too, because you're yeah. like lost, lost. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's not huge. You find it in five minutes or whatever, but it's like I just, you know, very micro nitpick. Just tell me where I'm going because I literally don't know where I'm going. Right. But other than that, I think it's pretty cool. And if you want a sci-fi kind of detective story, this is a uh, seems like it's pretty nice. Uh, I'm I'm gonna just kind of chip away at it. It didn't get too far, but I like what I saw. Yeah, I was gonna ask you what the main core game mechanic is when I saw it because I kept seeing it pop up in the store. Uh, but it sounds like the main core mechanic is detectiving. Yeah, walking around, talking to people, detectiving when you go to like a crime scene or something, Got looking it. for stuff, you know, that kind of thing. So, all right, all right. So that's Lacuna, and next I'm going to talk about. I'm going to catch you by surprise here. I'm going to talk about Rise of the Third Power, which you talked about last week. Did I? <laughs> you don't I all, remember? I was all ready to be excited that I talked about a game and you were going to talk about it, but. What was that game again? Oh my goodness! This is getting off to a very poor. Start we review now. a lot of games, like we all cover of them. a lot of games. You talked about Rise of the Third Power last week, which was a sixteen-bit uh, like oh, SNES-inspired sure RPG. I sure right? did. It's because I don't remember that name for some reason, which is weird. It's kind of a generic name. It's kind of a weird name. Yeah, but it's all on, it's on consoles now. 
it's on consoles it's on the switch it's on everything it's a so again it's very reminiscent of like remind me a lot of like a final fantasy 6 in terms of presentation um you know sprite based characters top down kind of world yeah that kind of vibes they're very very 16 bit jrpg sort of vibe um so you talked about it last week you were actually very positive on it and i was kind of sold on it no but you i thought you said you hated the idea of those characters though you know what i do yeah. And I, I do. I really do. Um, so what happened was, this is a funny story. You talked about it real positively. And one of the developers of that game listened to our podcast and heard what you said about it. Oh, hey, what's uh, up? If you're yeah, listening her name still. Was, uh, her name is Evelyn Rose Hall. I'm sure she'll be listening to this episode, too. So she heard us cover it. And she's like, what the fuck, Brad? Like, play my game. Get over your anime allergy and check it out. <laughs> and she called me out on Twitter. So I'm like, all right, that's that's totally fair. Uh, and I appreciate that. I love when people listen to the show. So thank you for listening, Evelyn Rose Hall. And I love it when people interact with us after listening to the show. I mean, it's, it's just a great feeling to know that we're not shouting into a void. And I'm just, you know, I'm just a person. She, you know, she's a person. I'm a person. She wants me to try her game. That's one person reaching out to another person. I, how can I refuse that? Right. So I'm like, cool. Send me a code and I will play your game and we'll just we'll get it going. So she did. And I did. And here I am I'm talking about Rise of the Third Power. Uh, okay, so full disclosure, I don't know if Evelyn Rose Hall knows this about me, but I, I really hate anime. Yeah. Uh, I really hate JRPGs, yep. and I really hate, like, kind of 16-bit JRPGs. Uh, that's exactly what this game is, right? So it's like it's like 100% not my jam. Yep. Uh, that's fine, but so I'm going to take myself out of the equation, right? Like, knowing that I, I don't like any of the things this game is doing, that doesn't mean this is a bad game. It just means this is not the game for me. And I'm only playing it because she asked, and I, you know, how can I say no to that, right? So I, I think that like for a 16-bit kind of retro-inspired JRPG, I mean, the writing was pretty good from what I saw. The graphics were pretty good. Uh, the mechanics seemed pretty much on par with what you'd expect. It all seemed like everything's working in place. I mean, it seemed like a very decent experience if you like those experiences. Mm. I personally do not like those experiences, and I don't want to ever play another 16-bit JRPG again. But if you like those, and you like them, I mean, you talked lot of sugar about it last week you liked it um i bet if you like these kind of things this is a good game well i'm gonna put an asterisk on your review okay oh man put okay. an asterisk on your and your review yes um yes t- all that makes sense because i don't think it's your style of game uh secondly though i think the the main selling point for it which i think i talked about was it last week i guess last last week um it's just, just i think i think it's funny like yeah, c- yeah comedy is subjective i know but um, I think that's what makes it stand out because when I kept thinking about like leveling up or going through another part of the game, it was for me, I just wanted to see what the characters would say next yeah. or what new character I would become, right? Because just becoming the princess, which by the way, callback totally gives me disenchantment vibes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because true. think about it. Uh, Tia, is that her name? Tia? Tia Beanie. Tia Beanie. Um, she doesn't give a crap about being a princess and she wants to get out of there and get drunk. And this girl in the game, um, Rise of Third Power, she didn't want to do all the princess stuff either, you know? Yeah. So I think that there's a lot there um, that might bring people in. So just I'm putting asterisks on that because I think you're right, the fact that it is a lot of what it, uh, the JRPG style, but I think comedy is what stands out for me. Yeah. And like you said, comedy is subjective. I mean, to be perfectly brutally honest, I didn't laugh. I didn't think it was funny, but I know that comedy is subjective. Like you said, I bet a lot of people out there would probably think it was a good time. And I, you know, again, that's not me saying it's bad. I'm just saying like, I don't think I'm the customer for this. And I yep. realize that. So I think that if you like these things, it seems like a very good one. 
I just love hearing the review. It's like a non-review. It's like, you know what? It's 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 a game, and I think it's a good one of that type of game. I mean, it's like it's like it's like licorice, right? Like black licorice. I fucking hate black licorice. I think it stinks. This is an interesting one. I think it's one. disgusting. Yes, I, I want it to agree stay away from. I hate it. I yeah. fucking hate it. My wife loves it. She thinks it's the most delicious thing in the whole world, and she eats it every chance she gets. And I'm like, you cannot kiss me for like three hours after this because I don't want that wow. stuff near That's my mouth, time. right? So, so this is like the same thing, right? Like I, I can recognize something is good to somebody else, but I think it's fucking garbage and gross. Right. And, but I can still separate myself from that. Right. Like I don't you know, yeah, maybe it's not a non review. Maybe it's like the most review it could ever be. It's like straight up old school journalism, objective, like Uh, that is the most objective review, right? Yeah. You gave it a real review then. I'll take that back the, what I said. I take back what I said. There you go. Perfect. That is a perfect review, actually. It is. Totally removed any sense of self from that review yes. and just stated facts. Wow. Full I, hard facts. I just did a 180 on that. Like, there you, you just go. gave you. a perfect, objective, newsworthy review. There you go. There you go. And that is Rise of the Third Power received our very first perfect gamer review. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> way so to put it. All right. Okay. We're moving. And again, uh, thank you to Evelyn Rose Hall for bringing this to my attention and uh, calling me out on Twitter. That was really fun. And I'm glad I gave this game a shot, even if it's not my jam. So really, really appreciate that. Thank you very much. And best of luck with your game. Uh, back to you, Carlos, uh, to revisit Dying Light 2. Man, I'm excited to play this. I haven't cracked it yet because I got too much on my plate, but I am kind of like vicariously living the life through you, my friend. So what is the update on Dying Light 2? So I was talking to someone the other day and I mentioned... Uh, this thing I'm about to tell you, and they lost their mind. And I understood why they lost their mind. Um, because this game came out 10 or 11 days ago. Like I mean, yeah, recently. 12, you know, really, really recent. Um, I beat it. I, okay. I beat it. I beat it. I, okay. I, I just feel like, as I told my friend, they're like, oh, yeah, how the F did you do that? Um, wait, we swear on this podcast. What's wrong? We do. We say, we say the F word all the time. Well, I'm going to say the F word instead. He's, oh, man. he's like, how the F did you beat that? It just came out <laughs> because I was just obsessed with this game, you know? Um, so, yeah, I beat it really quickly. And, again, this is uh, proof is in the pudding. Uh, and in this situation, I'm the pudding. You can beat that game in, like, 20-something hours. If you just mainline and just dash yeah. through it. Easy. Yeah. Uh, because what it does, it does a really good job of, of ushering you along the main um, objectives. And then it just presents like eight million side quests, but it right. does it does a good way of like, I think there's other games like this open world that don't like like Skyrim. Skyrim was so great for all the side quest stuff, but it also was really I think bad at showing you what the main objective was. You had no idea what yeah, to do to get yeah, to yeah. your next thing. Yeah, this one's like no, you get it. You know, like all the characters are talking, the things that you just went through are big moments in the game's world, and you can tell that you probably should go do this. So that's why they do a really good job of that. Um, It's super fun to play. It was like a a blast. I love the parkour. I leveled up, as you know, all the melee stuff immediately. Um, There's so many fun melee uh, upgrades in that. And there's just too much to talk about it fully in just, you know, this one episode. But I would say that something's interesting about the ending. So unlike Cyberpunk, which we'll talk about later, potentially, is... um, this game lets you keep playing after you beat it, but it also lets you, it doesn't revert back to before you beat the game. You just keep on going from where you left off. Right. But it does this weird thing where it says, hey, we might revert some story choices uh, 
be, you know, because for continuity or something. So I don't like know, what did, what do they revert? I didn't see anything yet. That's oh, what I'm saying. Okay. Like there's one character that spoiler, it's not telling you who, but somebody dies. There's a character. Oh no. Somebody dies in a zombie game. I what? know, Right. But maybe oh, one of the, dude, how could you say that? Ah, oh. well, cause it's an NPC, you know, that Ruined. you talk to. I, I can't play this game. Now well, you ruined it for well, me. Don't, 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 don't. Uh, so anyway, someone dies, right. And like that person I think is still gone, you know, in the end game. Oh, so I can't. I see. So maybe if there's a maybe if there's a quest that requires an NPC, right? They like might that. do that. And so far, yeah, I haven't sure. really seen it like fully. But in general, I like it because, again, I won't spoil anything. But like, there's things you know that have happened, and so you can tell that you're actually like after the ending. Which, by yeah, the way, sure. Cyberpunk just take a cue from them. Jeez. Um, anywho, I really really enjoyed my time. I burned through it because I was having so much fun. It really does make you want to see the ending. Um, there are multiple endings. I got one that I was pretty satisfied with. Um, I wasn't super happy with the, there's a lot of like text endings. You know how they do that? Oh, that's a cop out. Yeah. yeah. Like there's definitely some cutscenes and there's definitely some stuff, but unlike uh, other games where they show even like imagery or something, it there was a lot of different like text bubbles that were like, and this also happened. And this also happened. Mm, okay. Wasn't a big fan of that. Um, but I am a fan of the fact that I'm playing it afterwards. Uh, and I felt like it was really after what happened. Um, yeah, in general, I had a good time with it. Um, I had two bugs of the whole time I played it. I had two major bugs. One was I sent it to you and I put it on Twitter. Oh, that was a doozy. A little kid who I was doing a side mission for, his head wouldn't stop spinning around. So I left him alone. And I walked away. And I then, mean, that was like some exorcist level shit. It looked really creepy. I thought he would just fix himself, but he didn't. So I went to sleep. I woke up the next day, and he was fixed. Um, the other one was really bad, but it, it also fixed itself. I, w- I was at the a final boss area thing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there was some sort of enemy uh, that I had to fight. And the enemy got stuck inside like a wall. And so you couldn't kill him? I couldn't, yeah, do anything. And so I had to like shut, like I had to quit the game, like shut off the game. Like, ah, like, that's a bummer. I couldn't like go to sleep or like go back to save point. Like the yeah, he was stuck in the thing. So I closed the game, and I wasn't too far from that section, and then I beat it. But yeah, I, I don't know. Short short answer is eight or nine out of ten. Like a really 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 good experience. And there are literally three hundred probably hours of like extra stuff I could do right now. You could go back and play that for like months and yeah, just do easily. the side quests. Yeah, and stuff. easily. Yeah. You play it all year pretty much. And they're doing DLC, you know, and there's like a lot of stuff coming out already. So um, I think it's great. There are definitely some really weird glaring bugs, but nothing that really impeded my progress. Uh, awesome. I'm excited for you to try it because, yeah, I think it's a, it's a home run, really. I'm excited. You know, you know, Elden Ring is coming out soon. Yes, and it I'm, is. You know, I'm... I'm kind of excited. I'm not super excited, but my wife is like major excited. She's been waiting, counting the hours. She cannot wait to get back into like another FromSoft jam. So she's like, we're doing this. You better get your fucking copy and we're going to do some motherfucking co-op. And I'm like, yes, ma'am, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So we're going to do that first for sure. But as soon as that's wrapped up, I mean, we did co-op in Dying Light 1. We're going to do co-op in Dying Light 2. So once we wrap Elden Ring, we'll jump into Dying Light 2. We'll do co-op as much as possible. So we've already got kind of the next like six months planned out here at the house. Exactly. So. And oh, by the way, Elder Ring is not going to be a short 
romp at all. Yeah, that'll be 40, 50 hours, probably at least, at least, if not longer. So I have one more dying light thing, though, before we leave. Yeah, it. yeah, go for it. Um, one of the big uh, secrets in the game, there's lots of weird little secrets that are fun. One of them is there's a developer room, like the yeah, actual. Yeah, you mentioned this, the room. Yeah, uh-huh. the dying light, like um, Techland, like they have an office in, in this world. Uh, to get to it, it's fucked up. Like, it's a really fucked up thing. Like, I know they had to make it difficult, but basically you have to hold on to these cords and jump out of a building and hope that you land with a paraglider inside the next floor and then keep doing that and stuff like that. It's just so hard. It feels like broken hard, you know, not Mm, like, yeah, it's not based on my skills. Just just lucky if you get it. Yeah, it's like fucked up. So whatever, they made it hard, but I got to it. Um, And I got the biggest reward which I think they'll end up making a feature in the game, maybe even before you play it. But in this game, you can't repair any weapons, uh, which I think I told you, you last time. You mentioned that, yeah, yeah, the breaking of weapons. And sure. you can only mod them, and then when you mod them, it kind of repairs them a little. It's, right. It's a broken system. I really don't like why they did that, but uh, or don't understand why they did. But in the developer room, you can get a token, and that token you can attach to weapons, and it repairs them. So Like Infinitely. Infinitely. Oh, so if you get a good weapon, like your favorite weapon, yeah. you get that token, you stick it on there, and then that weapon's good to go for the rest of the game. Yeah, I have like, you don't know what damage is in this game, but I have like a 200 or 250 damage thing, which is high, and it's just an amazing, you know, all these upgrades on it, and it will never go away now. So Awesome. I mean, that should just be the way it is, you know? It should. I think it's going to be a patch. Like, I think they'll end up doing that, but for me, I had to go through that crazy way to get to the developer room. And now I have the ability to do that, which, by the way, makes the side missions more fun. You know what I mean? Like I, I love playing a game where I'm not worried about losing my favorite weapon. That, yeah, that enhances my fun. I know. And so, like, there's even with all the other games we're going to talk about coming out soon, I'm going to keep going back to Dying Light. Like, there's no reason now that I have this unbreakable weapon. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, they'll just patch it in. I mean, I, I'll do the developer thing if I have to, but hopefully, they'll just patch it in. I think they're going to patch it in. All right, there we go. All right, let me talk about a couple more short games real quickly. First, I want to talk about Grapple Dog. This is a 2D platforming game that's on the Switch. I believe it's on PC as well. Um, Really cute, really cute um, art style. Maybe too cute. Maybe a little too cute for me. Uh, But very cute art style. You play a little dog who has a grapple. I mean, it's right there in the title, Grapple Dog. Dog's got a grapple. And you got to go through these platforming levels where you uh, walk around, you jump, you hit your these specific blocks with your grapple hook, and you swing around just like you imagine you would in a 2D space where it uses really good physics of like momentum and speed. Um, you know, you want to swing and you want to let go of your grapple at exactly the right trajectory so that you're going, you know, to make these long jumps or high jumps or something like that. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. You're collecting a bunch of doodads, uh, fighting bosses, jumping, swinging. But I think it's all really, really well done. My only knock against it which I already alluded to, is I think the art style is maybe not 100% clicking with me. I think it's a little bit too rounded and a little too cute. Um, I, it's hard to put my finger on it, but I just kind of don't like the way the sprites look. But other than that, I mean, and of course, that's subjective. I mean, other people can think it looks amazing. And it's not bad, just not 100%. Hold on, I'm hearing another objective re- review coming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think it's ugly. I just like... Something about the characters like a little too rounded. They're a little bit too stumpy. Mm. They kind of look like um, kind of like, you know, chibi chibi ish. Mm. Your, your character does. And I'm not a big fan of that sort of. But anyway, uh, but I think the physics are great. I love a grapple in any game. It's one of my favorite mechanics. I think it works really well here. If you want some 2D action, just really straightforward grappling. But I think it's, it's just really done well. So I think it's a pretty positive experience. Um, having a pretty good time with it. All right. 
There we go. That is Grapple Dog. Uh, also, I was looking for something else to play this week, and I picked up Red Ronin on the Switch. Have you played this one? It's been out for a while. No. I was going to be surprise, surprise. It's on the Switch. Um, it is surprise, surprise. I play a lot on the Switch. I, I know. know you don't, but it's also on PC. I'm not sure if it's anywhere else, but uh, this is a game. The story doesn't matter. There's like I don't understand what the story is, and it really doesn't play a role. You play a uh, person with a sword, and you are, you know, as as you can probably guess, person with a sword means you're getting revenge, right? That's mm-hmm. the only possible outcome there. Uh, you're getting revenge on somebody or something, I don't know what. And the way that this game plays out, it's like it's like an ice puzzle. Um, so like in other games, usually games with like penguins or something like that, where like let's say that you're trying to get across a patch of ice, you you move. But you have to slide all the way until you hit something, and that's when oh, you stop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, let's say that you're on the left side of the level. You want to get to the right side of the level. You, you you push to the right, and you slide all the way over. And if there's a block, you'll hit the block and stop. And then you can either go, like, up or down. And if you hit up, you're going to go all the way up until you hit something. So you're kind of, like, looking at the level, like, okay, so what what are the lines I need to hit? Like, how am I going to navigate this? I need to hit certain blocks so that I stop in a certain place. And then I can change direction because otherwise you're slip sliding all over the place and you're missing what you're going to do. So it's that kind of a thing. Does that does that make sense at all? It does. I'm looking at the pictures. It seems like it's, yeah, it's turn-based, but you're also like making choices for next moves or something like that. Exactly. Turn-based. So every time you get to a room, it's a room full of enemies. And you, I mean, there's no ice on the floor, so I guess I'm not sure why you're going all the way. But you, you, you pick a direction and whatever direction you pick, you're going to go all the way until you hit something. If you cross paths with an enemy, you will one-shot kill them. Like, every kill in this game is a one-shot kill. So you want to pass through enemies, and you do not want to stop anywhere where there's an enemy next to you, because they will kill you if you're next to them. So you want to look at these levels and figure out, okay, I need to go left, I need to go right, I'm going to go all the way, I'm going to hit this block, I'm going to go down, and it's going to hit all these enemies. And at the same time, they're also moving um, on their own turn, and so everything kind of gets slightly... Uh, jumbled up and uh, you got to kind of figure it out on the fly so i think that part is really cool and really interesting kind of a top-down view i think it works pretty well i'm not a big fan of these like ice block puzzles but this one i think is kind of neat um so so far it's all good and i would have a pretty glowing review otherwise but friend of the show mike susky who also writes for game critics he reviewed this for us i think last year or the year before he loved it also but he said that the unfortunate part about this game is that in the second half, they start introducing real-time elements which mess up the turn-based structure. He really was not a fan of that. Mm, that's weird. It's really weird, and I can understand why he would like it, because I feel like the structure of going turn-based really works well for this game. I think it, it's a good fit, makes sense, lets you play at your own pace. So I think what I've seen so far is awesome, but he was very clear that it takes a turn south once you get further on, so I'm a little bit worried about that. Yikes. Yeah, the, the description's like uh, turn-based, but also action-packed and, and fast. So yeah, maybe I mean, it and it faster. is fast. It do, I mean, it's fast. Like, you finish the level in a second, you know, 30 seconds or something, you go through them really quick. But uh, maybe, I don't yeah. I don't want real-time elements. I mean, I don't want to be, like, trying to play beat the clock on this game. No so. way. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, I mean, I feel like, based on my own personal experience, it's a thumbs-up, but he was pretty adamant that that gets sour later so i guess i'm gonna play and kind of like be holding my breath the whole time for Mm. when it gets bad so we'll see uh all right that is red ronin back to you sir we're gonna be uh revisiting the wonderful wild world of cyberpunk yes 2077 that's it 2078 i I like how you didn't know that that's only like 
the thing that's most mentioned on Twitter ever. I'm just wondering if they like up the year because like it's been you know oh, getting patched for so funny. long. Like, is this it's like instead joke. of version two? It's a it's joke. 2078. It's next year. It's 2022 though. It's not um, my best. It's not my best joke. It's I'll, not I'll your best. That. Yeah, not my best. Yeah, and also the fact that I had to like figure it out. It took. They a can't all be home runs. I mean, you got you got to keep swinging though. Have you had a home run? Oh, oh mean. wow. Mean. That was that was uncalled for. It's the tired talking. I'm sorry. That was mean-spirited. Yikes. <laughs> that's beyond anyway. Brad mean. That's like, Car- that's, yeah, Carlos that is, tired. That is, that's Carlos' deep, dark secret inside you, voice. You've had, some, you've had some home runs. Okay, so Cyberpunk 2077, not 78, has uh, had a big thing happen. So recently, I think it was just a couple days ago, 7 a.m. in the morning here on the West Coast, uh, there was a Twitch stream from CD Projekt Red, which I actually like when they do theirs because they bring in like four different people, like developers, social media person, another social media person, um, product person. And they just kind of like go through in real time and watch like all the changes, talk about them and actually like show you while they're playing it. So I think it's really done really well. Um, so I got up really early just to watch it because, you know, I am a nerd for cyberpunk and it's a it's a mixed bag for me. So what they what they basically showed off was uh, patch 1.5, which is the big big patch that a lot of people have been waiting for, and they went through let's say top line things that it did differently, right? And we'll, mm. and I'll mention some of those to you in a, in a second here. And then at the end they mentioned that oh yeah by the way the new next gen versions are also out. So PS5, Xbox Series X, um, that's it. Yeah, Nintendo doesn't get anything. Um, Anyway, so the new, the new console versions are out, and they show that some of the updates uh, from 1.5 and stuff wouldn't be backwards, fully backwards compatible because, which I think is the good thing to do, it's just not strong enough. So fucking, you know, you don't get that, and that's fine. Um, so some of these kind of updates, which I'll go through, are only on the new console versions. So hold on a second. I, okay, so I I have not been following this whole drama right yes like, there's a I, lot to I, unpack let me explain so, yeah go ahead. let me ask you a question first before we get any further because i gotta just i gotta get my head straight before yes. you start talking about this so i bought the ps4 version okay yes because the ps5 version just came out as you said that's the new update thing so just to be clear if i own the ps4 version but i'm playing but i have a ps5 console in my house yep i can use my purchase of the ps4 version get this patch and it's going to make it the ps5 version is right that what we're talking which is about? why this is let me great great question so there's okay. two things there's a patch and then there's a ps5 version okay. which i was trying to say just now i don't know if i get i did it but so the patch is what everybody's been waiting for because that's going to do a lot of game changes right the ps5 version and the xbox series x version has always also been waiting for but that's like a totally different thing where it's like hey the graphics are better and it runs smoother right so both of those are out now, but they're separate things. How I mean, how different are they? Do you know? How different are what? Like if I have the the patched PS4 version as opposed to buying the PS5 version, are they effectually the same thing? So or if are you they have the PS4 somehow? version, you just get the PS5 version for free. Okay. So there's no reason not to do that. So okay. it would be crazy to, to play on a PS4 still. So you'll go ahead and download the PS5 version. It's up there right now. It's a separate file. So it's like 90 gigabytes. It's like a game, you know, and then you'll go ahead and don't delete anything yet, but um, go ahead and start up the PS5 version and then you'll 
you can open up your saves from your PS4 version in the PS5 version. Once you okay. do that, you can save the game like you would normally do, and then you can delete your PS4 version. Okay. Does that and make if sense? I have never yes, and if I don't care about my PS4 save at all, if I want to just start fresh, oh, I can yeah. just download all this stuff and just start in yep. with the PS5 version, you which could. I get for free because I bought the PS4 version. Yeah, but the only problem is, it, well, not the only problem, but what, what a lot of us wanted was we wanted a new game plus because that would yes. be a perfect time to do it, but it's not in it. So there, oh, okay. there is not that. Okay. Well, so yeah, steps. you could either start brand new on PS5 or you can get a save from PS4. Um, it's a little more tricky with the saves if you're just playing on PS4, like PS4 Pro, but uh, I just did the experience. And so PS5, I just booted it up, that version. I opened up uh, a save game and it just knew to pick from my PS4. Um, so, okay, so that's the PS5 version. Let me speak to that first and then I'll talk about the p- patch. Make sense? Yes, I'm okay. with you so far. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, that. so the PS5 slash Xbox Series X version, new console version, is slightly better. So a little bit of a want-want for me because I've been <laughs> waiting for this version forever. You have. And so excited, and I'm like number one fan or whatever. We are, many of us are number one fans. And so it's just not that much better. Hmm. Now, I am playing on a PS5 this whole time, and I don't know if I've been getting some of the bells and whistles because it can do it, you know? Just just by the the sheer nature of the horsepower. The horsepower of it. And, you know, it's using a fancy version of PS4 game. But it just felt like if you put ray tracing on, which is a new feature now, which, you know, was in the PC thing, um, you can't do 60 frames per second. So I'm never going to touch that. Oh, man. Right? Yeah. And I wrote this down. This is the only thing I wrote down in any notes, which is I think in like 10 years, we're going to laugh at this performance slash or fidelity mode or graphics yes. mode. Yes, I agree. It's yes. just going to be gone. So we have to live through it right now. And it's just silly. Like growing, growing pains in the industry, in the tech industry. Yeah. So, yeah. so literally, I didn't change anything. I didn't put it down the ray tracing. I think there's one extra feature I can add now. And it looked a little better, um, but I will say it ran smoother. So it definitely is like, even though the PS4 version was running at 60 frames per second on my PS5, very, very technical and very, very small difference. But you can just tell by running around the world, like it's all going and there's like less pop in and it just feels really smooth. Okay. So well, that's something. It's something. It's definitely something. I just, I was just was like way high expectation for the way it would look you know i mean it's better than a kick in the junk it's not a kick in the junk yes a lot of what i'm about to talk about is not a kick in the junk there you go i mean when you put it in that perspective it's like all win wait anything could be that i could like me sitting in this chair is better than a kick in the junk i mean true okay kind of changes your outlook on life huh maybe (laughs) when you're really expecting the high graphics at a new game i don't know i don't know if it does anyway so that's the short of it like I don't know a lot of difference at the PS5. I think the only other thing is like more people, more cars, which you've seen on the PS- PC version. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, um, there's definitely more like things going on because they can handle it now. And it was built for that. So overall, it's the best version of Cyberpunk, right? And you probably heard this. They're doing this demo thing. So anybody who's been on the fence this whole time can play Cyberpunk right now for free including that new console version, for 30 days. Oh, really? Is that on all the consoles? Uh, yep, and Series X, yep. 
And nice. so you can just like pick it up right now and play it and be like, oh yeah, it's not as bad as everybody says. Um, because it isn't. It's always been a good game, and now it's the best version of that game. Cool. Which sounds like a commercial. So the patch was what I was actually more excited about. Um, you know, once I saw that the graphics were just pretty much the same, I was just like, okay, well, let's give me more to do because I played this game for 120 hours. So unfortunately, there's not much more for me to do. Um, I'll start with the positives. The positives are they added that fact that you can change your appearance a little bit, which is nice. They added the fact that you can change your apartment, the way it looks. And they actually added new apartments you can buy. So like there's five or four or five places in the city that you can purchase with money, you know, in-game money. I mean, you must have like infinite money right now. Right? I don't, weirdly enough. What? Yeah, I know. Isn't that funny? Like I bought so much stuff. I have every car that has ever been made in that game. So I, the other day I looked at my bank account because I was like, oh, no, they're going to make me buy something. And I had like $6,000. And I was like, that's not a lot of money. Well, you're like super powered. I mean, you're like God here. You can't I can't just, like, get rob killed. some banks or something yeah, yeah, or yeah. get some money yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's more on that, though, about me not getting killed. So there's a lot to unpack. So just settle, settle down for a minute. This is going to take a minute. Um, the what was I just saying? Uh, you were talking about the you bought every car, you had the money, new apartments. The apartments that right. they, yes. So the apartments are really cool. Like the fact is they all fit in different parts of the, the, the neighborhoods and, you know, parts of the city. So they all feel different. Like the one in Japantown is different from the one in Corpo Town, which is like super luxurious and costs like 50000 And like the cheap ones are like, you know, crappy looking. And weirdly enough, I didn't know any of them. So I just randomly picked one that I could afford, the $5,000 one. And I got there, and Brad, it was my apartment. I was going to say, did it look like your apartment? It looks like my apartment in real life. And it was in a bad section of the neighborhood. Oh, man. It was like there was this bum downstairs, and I was like, do you have to call the landlord already? He's like loitering. Oh, geez. Um, anyways, I got in there, and you know, it's like my apartment. I, it was one room, really small. I did have an arcade cabinet, which was nice, uh, which I couldn't play. And so I just I like that because some of the apartments you can actually do activities in the in the apartments, and some of the activities you do in them give you buffs for the game. That's cool. Yeah, like such a weird thing. So that's cool. They said they added more romance uh, like options and stuff, but I haven't found one yet because I want to hang out with my girlfriend Pan Am, and I think they're lying to me. She left town, bro. She's done. No, I found her. And there's no new options to talk to her or anything. Uh, that's a bummer. I think it's in there, but it's like, I don't know, maybe my game's bugged or something. Uh, so I was a little bummed about that. The other big things they added were car physics, uh, bike physics are better. And mainly what's really interesting is the NPCs themselves, they have a lot more like uh, behaviors when it comes to if you shoot a gun near them or at them, they'll run away. Some of them will... <laughs> I know, I know, I know that doesn't sound interesting. Hold on. I mean, this just sounds like stuff that should have been in there already. Let, let me finish the sentence. I know that didn't sound good enough. One, they used to just duck and it was dumb and just like do nothing. So now they run away or walk away or like they they seem more realistic when they're like you know trying to get away or they just might like jog away from you. Like they won't be like freaked freaked out. You know, it's not as robotic as it used to be. It's hard to explain unless you see it. Secondly. Some of them will shoot you. Some of them will pull a gun and be like, no, I don't I don't like the fact that you're attacking me. I'm going to attack you back. Oh, so it's Texas now. So it's Texas. 
And then even some of the cars, if you would shoot at them in the past, like nothing would happen, right? Just robots. Oh my God, will the car shoot you? Will machine guns pop out of the car? No, I haven't seen that happen yet. But they do take off and there are physics in this game. So I saw an example of like you shot at a car, the car took off, drove up onto the street, you know, accidentally hit a pedestrian, smashed into the lamppost, lamppost went falling. Just more organic gameplay like that, emergent gameplay, is it goes a long way in a game you're playing for 120 hours. So I know you'd like find no interest in that, but uh, I mean, I'm going to enjoy all of this stuff when it reaches its final form, right? Like in another year or whenever they do the, 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 uh, the, the definitive edition, when that comes out, when it's got all the DLC and all the patches, well, I'm, I'm all over that shit. I'm all over. I'm it. telling you, it's not going to get too much more than it is now. Like what you're watching is them putting things in place that will make it slightly better each time. But it's pretty much the game. I mean, if you want to do the run of the campaign, like I said before, endless times on this podcast, it's there. You'll play yeah. that game, and you won't you won't worry about Carlos's like 140th hour, like looking at the cars if they turn different. You know what I mean? I, I already don't worry about that. Yeah, you'll be playing the campaign. So, <laughs> anywho, for us other nerds who are listening, um, I like the fact that they changed the car and bike physics. I like that they changed the NPC stuff. Um, like I said before, the graphics only feel slightly better. They did a ton of quality of life features of the UI, which always looks great. And I mean, it's a massive update. Like it's a really, really good update with like a bunch of little mini DLCs and secrets. They, they put in a bunch of secrets in that they didn't tell you in the patch notes. And here's That's an example. why they're secret, right? Well, here's, yeah, but here's one of the secrets. Um, and you wouldn't know this cause they didn't tell you in the patch notes, but I think it's pretty cool is that every once in a while, like, cops will start chasing gangs. And, like, before, this is a big deal, there was, like, no car chases in this game. Like, they just didn't do them unless it was a scripted campaign event. And so organically, like, a gang might do something crazy and the cops might go after them. And then you can just, like, follow behind and watch, like, a whole car chase. Hmm. And that just happens organically now. So, like, they're again, they're adding these fun little moments that I think are pretty cool. All right. Um, two more things, and then we'll go. We'll we'll leave it. All right. Sorry. Uh, that one quest that I that's been always bugged since I talked about this. Yeah, I do. I do remember you saying there was one that you could never do because it was bugged. It's still bugged. Still bugged. One point okay. five, a PS five version, and this motherfucking gig is still bugged. I can't complete it. Oh, that's a bummer. And lastly, you know me, and you probably saw some pictures. I always try to leave the map in Cyberpunk because we. Back in the day, the community found a way to get out of it, and uh, I can still leave. I got out. I got outside the map again. You mean like you're getting outside the boundaries of the game world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, gotcha. they it's so funny because literally, again, this is Carlos and some very niche people who follow like this understanding and the Matrix kind of thing. But there was a piece in the rock by the wall of the whole like world that you could get out back in the day. The developers patched up that rock. Like I saw them patch up the hole <laughs> and I was like, oh, we can't get out that way anymore. So me and some people online found a way to put cars in the air and you can jump and hop onto the cars that are floating in the air and then jump over the wall that way. Man. And so I did it last night just to make sure I could still do it and you can still leave the map. All right. That's me. That's what I do. I'm there a nerd. Go. There we go. All right. That is our incredibly in, 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 inclusive and comprehensive cyber stand breakdown. Sorry, that was of, long. I... Of Cyberpunk 2078. We we will come back to it again, I'm sure. 
Yeah, uh, we will. We'll talk about it. There's going to be DLC. There's going to be updates. We'll come back to it. All right. Thank you for that in-depth report. Carlos on the street. You're welcome. Boom. All right. Last game of the show. Uh, Grim Dawn Definitive Edition. Oh, I you am... went back to that. I know. I never I never played it. I never what? tried it. I never. Have you played this before? Yes. I thought I brought... I'm talked. I talked about it in the show, I'm sure. I don't recall you ever talking about it. I mean, you probably did. I don't remember anything past one episode ago. Yeah, it's, uh, so it's very are. true. I never played this before, and I, I picked it up on Xbox X. It is a top-down, very much in the style of Diablo. And at first, uh, I wasn't too convinced, but I was kind of in the mood for something like that. And I was talking to PR, and they were just really selling it on me. So I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, so basically, I mean, story, like, whatever. You're just in a world, and, you know, demons are coming through, bad stuff. Well, well who cares? Like, the, the story is super not, like, really the thing. But it is... It's interesting because this is very much in the Diablo template. It's a top-down loot, action loot grabber. You're, you know, you build a different character. There's, I think, eight or ten different archetypes. Uh, you know, magic user, melee person. There's a gun person. There's a uh, shaman. You know, you know, your whole, your whole usual top-down Diablo-style characters. Um, and it's funny because when you look at it on paper, there's really like nothing about this game that makes it stand out. And that's one of the reasons I didn't really jump into it right away. But I was in the mood and I checked it out. And it's funny because nothing about the screenshots or the description really makes it sing. But once I started playing it, I was like immediately captivated. I'm like, oh, wow, this is actually really, really fun. Like, this is really good. And it's not revolutionary. Like, literally nothing this game does is different than any other Diablo-like. But I think what makes it good is that like everything about it is just like kind of perfectly tuned. Like mm -hmm. it does exactly what it's supposed to do, exactly the way you want it to, and everything that you want it to do, like it does. And so there's never that moment of like, damn it, I wish I could do X, Y, Z. You know, if only they patched that in, like it's already there. Like they've thought about it, right? So like once you get past the tutorial, it's pretty limited. And I think that's fine because they're just teaching the ropes, right? But like, it's like I'm, I'm collecting stuff. I'm collecting loot. My inventory got full and I'm like, damn it. I wish I had more room in my tutorial or my inventory. As soon as I finished the tutorial, it was like, boom, double your inventory slots. I'm like, oh, sweet. Excellent. You know, I get a little further. I'm like, damn it. I wish I could teleport back to town because I want to sell my shit. They're like, boom, here's a teleport. Do it. And I'm like, oh, nice. Got it. You know, like, um, man, I wish there's these, these quests were logged. For, oh, there, there's a quest log right there. Oh, man, I wish there was a little. Oh, there it is. Like every time that I got to a point where I'm like, I wish there was this thing in here. It's like they were listening to me and they like dropped it in right when I wanted it. And yeah. I'm like, dude, that is fucking amazing. That is so great. And the other thing that makes this game great is the pace, which is so hard to get right in a game like this. You don't want to go too long between like loot drops, right? Because then it just kind of gets boring when I mean, killing enemies is all well and good and it's fine. But like, you know, half the fun of these games is like when some big shiny thing pops out of somebody. And you're like, oh, sweet. It's a helmet or oh, sweet. That sword I've been waiting for. Like, you know, getting that thing is great. But the other side of that coin is if you get too many drops, they're not special anymore. Like, if you're getting a new sword that's five points better than the one you got five seconds ago, like, you don't even care about them anymore. You don't develop an attachment to anything. You just, you're like, oh, it's just, this is all disposable. This is all coming by. It's just a garbage mill. So getting that balance right is really difficult. And I think it's also really important for any Diablo-style game. I feel like it's totally exactly right where it needs to be. Like every time I'm starting to get the edge of like, okay, I've been using this, this gun for a while now. I'm kind of, Oh, there's a new gun. There we go. That's a good one. You know, or like, uh, every time I'm getting the edge of like, ah, oh, this armor is getting cut. Uh, there's armor. Cool. Got it. Like 
it's not too much that I feel like it's worthless, and it's not so long that I feel like I'm stuck without any new armor where I'm just not getting anything new. It's just it's right, right in the pocket, man. It's like perfectly dead on. I really think it's very well done. All the polish, all the balance, all the little um, details. I mean, everything about this game, I think, is exactly the way that it needs to be, which is great because it means that they have studied the other ones, corrected their mistakes, done something different, really improved the formula. So I think that in itself is awesome. Uh, Control is real good, feels real good to play. And the Definitive Edition, I don't know when you played it, but this is supposed to be the all-in-one edition. This game, I think, debuted in, I want to say, 2016. Yep, and there's, like, so much DLC. Oh, my God, dude. I was, like, looking looking at the map. They kind of roll it all up into one Definitive Edition version. You can't get you you can't pick and choose it, but like they kind of walk you through the campaign, and at some point you'll you know you finish the main campaign, they'll open up the next thing, but like they show you the map, and I was looking at the map, and I'm like, man, this is a pretty big back map, and I'm like, wait a minute, there's arrows, I think I can scroll a little bit for oh man, there's a lot more over there, oh no, and like I kept scrolling the map, I'm like, holy shit, there's like so much on this map, I mean it almost kind of felt like. Like like a Witcher style map where like I I thought one city was the world and I would have been okay with that and then I'm like oh there's like ninety percent more of the map that I wasn't even looking at I mean this looks like content bonanza dude I don't know if I'm ever gonna get through all this yeah but... it's like the rest of your year if you wanted exactly like like the rest of my life maybe where it's yeah. just like so much stuff but I'm really having fun with it um I know that later on there's gonna be more mechanics where you can mix and match change up your classes you can respect really easily which I think is amazing because if you don't know what something does and you put a point into it, then, you know, you feel like you wasted your points, so they just give it back to you, no problem. I love that. You've got your customization for cosmetics, where you want the buff of a certain helmet, but you don't like the way it looks, no problem. Make it look like something else, boom, solved. I mean, like, all that shit that, like, bugs you about these kind of games, totally fixed. They've polished it all through. I love it, dude. All the armor looks uh, like it was reflected on your character when you put it on. That's great, too. I mean, it, it just checks all the boxes and it feels really good to play. Having a great time with it. I think Grim Dawn is really, really fun if you want a Diablo game. Yeah, it's awesome. Again, like you said, 2016 is when it first came out. It's in a, you know, back to what you always say, it's a perfect example of like having time to fine tune it. I mean, that's like years to fine tune it. Oh, yeah, dude, for real. And then the fact that they came back with it because they were like, well, w- let's package all this stuff up because we've been doing it for the years, all this DLC. And like you said, it's a perfect place to do it. Where did you, you're playing on Xbox? Xbox X, yes. Yeah, and it's not. It was Game Pass, or it isn't. It is not Game Pass. Okay. No, I don't. I mean, it might have been, but it's not Game Pass now. I, I don't think it would be because it's such a. I mean, that's like a paid product for oh, sure. Oh man, it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. It's so yeah, it's really good. But I mean, great time with it. I'm really liking the mechanics. Just everything about it is just right in the pocket. So good. It, so. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say if you have an itch for a Diablo type game, like that's this is the one to get. Like a hundred. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Like forget that bullshit with Diablo 2. That sucked. That was terrible. This is amazing. Like this is like so much better than that. So absolutely. If you haven't played Diablo 3 or if you want something else, you finished Diablo 3, you want something else that's really good. This is this is excellent, dude. This is really good. This is this is up there with um Inquisitor for me. And I really loved Inquisitor. Oh a lot, yeah, so. yeah. I feel like this is the tops. You reminding me means I'll have to go back and later on when I have a little bit more money and get it on Xbox. I think it is a paid product right now. So it must be. Yeah, yeah. I'll pick it up on Xbox. I I like the idea of putting all the DLC in together. So yeah, it's all in just one big package. It's all bound up really nicely and it's just right there for you. So great package, great experience. You want to play some Grim Dawn, you want some Diablo style action. This is this is the shit. It's really good stuff. So all right. That is a show. Boy, we got through this in uh, pretty quick. 
pretty record time, actually. This might be one of our shortest shows ever. I really? Think. I don't think so. You don't think so? I it's feel like 630. we're... 6.30. But we didn't start till like, I don't know, like 6.15, 6.20. Wait, wait, we didn't start at 6.15 and now it's 6.30. No, not 6.30. Sorry, I meant 5. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, that would be the shortest show. That would be the shortest show. This no, is only I 10 minutes? We're like an hour. We're like an hour. I think. Really? Okay. Well, anyways, hey, because we're uh, short on time, or not short on time, because we did a short show, although I'm out of breath and brain power, uh, I just noticed my only piece of housekeeping is um, on Steam, they're doing finest games made in Germany right now. That's uh, a very specific niche. It is a very specific niche, but I love specific niches. niches. Uh, and it's like, you know, it's that thing where they show people like like streaming it and stuff on the homepage. Sure, sure. Which I love. Uh, so a bunch of coupons. Uh, on Sorry. cell phone Very coverage. Very important call coming in. We're going to just hang up on that. Okay. And, uh, you know, it just seems like a ton of games I didn't, I wasn't, like, knowing about. You know what I mean? So I mean, who who does know about German-specific games? Well, lo- I mean, the Germans. Right, but, but like, who else? Lonely Mountains Downhills on here. Like, games oh, okay. you don't do know, but maybe don't know. It's like a German developer. Uh, Cloudpunk, which I love, and I don't think you like, but uh, Avalis. Tons of games are on this homepage. So Interesting. Go check okay. out Finest Games Made in Germany. Uh, over on Steam. There we go. All right. Thank you very much for that uh, heads up. Check those out. And this is going to do it for this week. Folks, as always, we would love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up. SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at SoVideoGames, but you can reach us individually. Carlos, where are we sending your traffic this week? I have no energy to do TikToks right now. So just Twitter. O-N-A-W-A. Excellent. Short and sweet. Same for me. Twitter, Instagram. It's my name. B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that's going to do it for episode 272. Thank you all so much for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast, and we'll see you next week. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And see you next time from Carlos. My the brain just left. working man. What's happening? Where am I? Who am I talking to? What's happening? <laughs>